You're listening to Spark Hustle Flow, the podcast that teaches money pros to launch, grow, and yes, even scale your virtual financial service business. And I'm your host, Kimberly Stevenson. Let's dive in and get started. Hello, and welcome to episode seven. We have another great episode for you this week. Have you ever wondered why your content isn't connecting, why your engagement is super low, or why you're not having the impact you really want on social or with your web copy? And then why, when you see all these people talking about seemingly random, unrelated things across social platforms, that their friends and their audience is all over it? I used to think to myself like, hey, I'm sharing such relevant information and I'm getting crickets. And since the introvert in me doesn't do small talk very well, those random posts don't work for me. But I still couldn't help noticing how other coaches were able to connect so well online while I struggled. Then I realized it might not be what I was sharing or when I was sharing it, but how I was packaging what I was sharing. And over the last several years, I've been hearing a lot about using storytelling or better yet, story selling, and maybe you have to. Now, there are plenty of books on the subject, and trust me, I've read a lot of them, and the books were okay. But it wasn't until I met my next guest that I really, really started to get it. Brittany is a lifelong storyteller and a word enthusiast. She started copywriting professionally in 2006. And then she went full-time as a marketing strategist for nonprofits in 2016. Since then, she's directed business strategy for multi-million dollar organizations and written copy for mega successful coaches. She also guest coaches on all things content, copy, and especially storytelling in several programs. But she mostly really likes Oreos. (laughs) Double stuff or go home and her kids, who will probably bust in demanding an iPad password at any moment. She also believes that being humble does not equal being hidden, that story branding doesn't mean regurgitating one, quote, why story all over the internet, and that you're capable of massive success, even though small talk ain't your thing. Brittany is brilliant. And I can't wait for you to listen in on our conversation about using stories to sell your services. Let's take a listen. Hey, Brittany, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I am good. Thank you so much for being here. I um, am really excited about today's conversation because I think I have a lot to learn. And I think that what we're going to be talking about will be really interesting to our listeners. But uh, before we start, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, I'm Brittany. I have a story selling community and I work with women on how to sell, how to connect really um, through their stories, the stories of their clients, the things that have made them who they are, brought them to where they are, those moments in their life that people can see and relate to and understand that what you do, the transformation that you make possible is possible for your audience, for people that are you know, watching you, engaging with your content. It's not just happening in front of them, but it's something that they're, they can relate to and understand like, I'm a part of this process as well. We are both PKs. And for those of you who don't know what that is, we're both preacher's kids, right? Absolutely. 
Yeah, I, when I found that out about you, I, I immediately knew. I was like, oh, I'm going to like her. <laughs> You're not going to get along just fine. They're different breeds sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So like I said, I think that this is going to be a really interesting and enlightening episode uh, for so many of us finance people because I like to describe us as linear or left brain thinkers. And um, one of the things that I struggle with is small, you know, creating small talk or telling, talking about myself, right? Everything for me is always about the numbers. And I feel like if I can't communicate in that style, then uh, what I'm sharing doesn't feel as quote unquote important. And so um, I was just so excited that that you agreed to be on the show today. So let's start at the beginning. Talk to me. What is what is storytelling and how does it truly impact the connection that you make with your clients or your audience? And um, and how do you use it in sales? So if you think about storytelling just on its own without the selling component, really, again, who we are as human beings, we've been telling stories since the beginning of time. Like that's the, the earliest art form, storytelling. The earliest histories were storytelling. We knew um, if uh, grandma not got run over by reindeer, but ran over to a certain cave and got eaten by a big old fluffy thing with teeth that, hey, maybe we need to avoid certain caves and fluffy things with teeth. So mm-hmm. we take stories and understand them in a totally different form than any other type of communication. And this is especially important for those of us who do deal more with like concepts. So whenever you are working with, with money and finances and accounting, a lot of times these things are often concept-based. And the way to bring it down to where someone can understand it is through the story. The very basis of how this happens is in the brain. There are chemicals that we release and hormones that we release when we are in the throes of a really great story that we don't feel at any other time. It's dopamine, oxytocin, cortisol. Dopamine helps us, you know, when, when it comes to a resolution, we get this, you know, relieved feeling. We bond with the characters through oxytocin. Our brain actually releases oxytocin when it sees someone or hears the story of someone that we can relate to. And cortisol releases stress. Like if the character's feeling stress, we're feeling stress. That's why we're flinching during the Hunger Games and we're crying during the notebooks because we feel the feelings of the characters in these movies, these well-told stories. It's actually called the co-creative process. And that means a well-told story puts you in the passenger seat, not just an observer of what's happening. And storytelling is completely unique as a teaching method for this reason. If you can, as a bookkeeper or an accountant or a finance person, not just explain the book chapter and verse of what you do and why it works, but help them understand the impact that this will have on their business and on their lives and get them to feel the pain point that it resolves and get excited about the solution that it can bring, then they're not just looking at what you're doing. They're experiencing what you're doing. And again, realizing that what you do, the transformation that you make possible is possible for them. It's a different type of belief shift that happens in storytelling. That's interesting that you say that. And it's so important because what I find or what I see oftentimes that a lot of my clients and and people in my audience do is we want to educate, right? We want to tell people why they should be doing what um, it is that they should do and how it'll keep them out of trouble with Uncle Sam, for instance, yeah. right? That's like the main story I see all the time. And, right. it, you know, you can almost see the the lack of engagement, right? Um, because I think it's like you were saying, people aren't necessarily connecting to that concept 
as easily as they would if we just shared it uh, via a a story of some sort. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where the disconnect is from us because we are so linear um, in our thinking way, you know, thinking patterns. And and we just want to get straight to the point and tell you what to do and how to do it and why you should do it instead of really helping you understand, like you said, that impact. So that's really good. It sounds like we actually can as as money pros, as I like to call us, we can become successful with storytelling. One of my favorite, favorite success clients or success stories of my clients is a bookkeeper. And she had been a bookkeeper for over 20 years, got let go very suddenly during the pandemic because that happened to a lot of us. And uh, she now has 17 clients Mm -hmm. in less than a year. And when we met, uh, we were both in a group and she actually reached out to me because she was trying to write the world's most boring I help statement I've ever seen. (laughs) Part of the success story, and my husband can attest to this. I was sitting in bed with my laptop in my lap because I don't have boundaries. And uh, I like slammed my head back up against the headboard. My husband's like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I can't help this woman. I can't help her. Like she is totally putting me to sleep, right? <laughs> I was I was trying so hard to like help her understand. And it was just boring on boring on boring. I was like, and I, I had this sense of like, there's a personality under all of this. I just can't get it out. I just and we have a strategy it. call. In that strategy call, she tells me, no, I want to work with creatives. I want to work with people like you. I said, okay, prove it. Your next content that you write, I want to feel attacked. Prove it. I'm scrolling on my phone just innocently two days later and there's this like hilarious selfie and a story post that was written and it was like she was smacking me in the head (laughs) and I died laughing and I actually signed up through her dubsado link to talk to her because I was like oh you were you've been telling me that I'm your ideal client that post made me believe it she did two in a row both of them I was like okay okay I actually signed up under her dubsado link I put okay fine as my name (laughs) All the emails I get from her and say, dear, okay, fine, Brittany Morgan. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Her busting out of that and starting to tell her story, client stories, moments where, you know, she realized why what she does is important, why it matters. Those things have continued to grow her clientele. She sends me screenshots almost weekly now of DMs that she gets through LinkedIn and through Facebook of people that say, oh my goodness, you're hilarious. Or, I, you know, I, I've, I've read a lot of bookkeeper content, but yours is so engaging. I actually look for your stuff. I follow you because I can relate to what you're telling. And the only difference, she didn't learn anything new about bookkeeping for me. Clearly, I'm a mess. But <laughs> she was able to showcase who she is and yeah. why what she does is important. And that's the main difference that happens is you take it from concept to why it matters. So it's so interesting that you say that, one, because I have for years referred to myself as the accountant with personality, right? And I'm not your everyday accountant, or I'm just an accountant in my brain, but in my heart, I'm a comedian, right? Yeah. So that's that's number one. But I still struggled for so long with how to really shine, have all of that shine through, because you do feel like you have to talk about the numbers. You have to talk about the books. You have to talk about the financials all the time. And on the flip side of that, or like the extreme opposite, what I've always thought was that I had to tell all my personal business in order to tell Mm -hmm. stories. And that's been my personal roadblock with that. And so I don't. 
it doesn't it doesn't even sound like storytelling has anything to really do with my personal life. I, I thought that I had to come up with all of these stories from here's how here was my journey and here's what I struggled with. Yeah. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, the two things that I always end up talking about when the conversation goes here is first that vulnerability never means the abandonment of personal boundaries. Hmm. Ever for any industry. Being vulnerable, vulnerability never means the abandonment of your boundaries. You can be vulnerable and still be a professional. You can show who you are without showing all your business. And I definitely think that needs to be heard by a lot more people. I think somebody, I think a lot of people need to hear that because sometimes (laughs) when I'm on social media, I'm like, oh, that is TMI. There's just some things that we should keep to ourselves, you know? But I think we do it in a sense because we, I think other people struggle with that too. You think you have to just, you know, have diarrhea of the mouth and, and just tell us. Constipation of the brain. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I I feel like the difference is, and we don't have to stay on this too long, but I feel like the difference is where I'm putting the load. So am I just venting the load to get it off my shoulders and putting it on yours? Or am I sharing my load with you in a way that says, I understand where you're at. I am qualified to help you carry yours. And that's the difference. If I am taking on the weight, if I'm sharing to take on weight, or if I'm sharing just to vent off weight. Because as a professional, it is never my response, it is never my role to put weight on my clients. It is always gotcha. my role to be a guidepost and to be a help and, a, and a, not a hindrance for them. And I think that's so the big difference in, in crossing that boundary. So true. So how do you pick the best stories? to share or to, to really tell, like, do I need a, a, a bucket of stories or do I just need a cup load of stories or can I have three stories? Is that good? Or? I think, so I do believe in repurposing content, but when we repurpose content, we want it to serve a new purpose, not just, you know, pump and dump. I, I don't, I'm not one of those people who likes to have one to three stories just regurgitated all over the internet. I try to be very intentional with what I share and let, the needs of my clients or the needs of my audience dictate what I'm sharing. First, education versus desire. Education does not create desire. And desire is what people buy from. So if we're going to create desire for the solution that we make possible, the the solutions that we provide, what are the things that they want and how does our solution fulfill that? If If you have a piece of educational content and you're trying to get to what's the story, the question I always ask my clients is, how do you know this to be true? Not where did you learn it, but tell me about the time that you realized in your gut, in your heart of hearts, that this piece of advice, this rule of thumb is true. There's always a story there. There's always a moment of realization that happens either in your professional experience, in your personal experience, the experience of a client. And those moments are always, again, incredibly powerful, very co-creative because you encapsulate all of that emotion, all the scene setting in that one moment. So good. So, so good. So how do you know this to be true? Mm-hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. And so I know that you know, that you've worked with clients on, on this really deeply. And what I see a lot of times is, you know, different strategists, they do audits of certain of, of the thing that they're an yeah. expert in, right? So Instagram strategists, they do, you know, IG audits, web developers do website audits. Do you ever do story audits? Like, yes. Do you? Okay. I do okay. a lot. <laughs> I'm actually going to start doing them for free in my group again, just like maybe one, a couple times a month. I got away from it and I'm trying to, to go back there. I do them weekly in my community, in the storytelling community. 
And then I'm also going to start doing them again in my, my free group. Cause I think it is important to just have that outside look and say, okay, here, A, just because sometimes it's, it's not even that the overarching story is wrong. It's just that maybe the way that you're telling it, you're, you're kind of dissociating from the audience, which is again, not, not the point we want them to be with us in the moment. I don't want to see this happening to you. I want to be at your desk when you got the big win. You know, I want to be, for me, one of my big stories is about me sitting outside in the driveway whenever I just had my, I'm done working for other people moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I want you to be in the, the passenger seat with me. But then there's also sometimes for one of my clients here recently, um, I was actually in one of her workshop trainings and she told a story in response to a question I'd never heard her tell before. Hmm. And there was a hush over the room. And it was just this weighty moment that you could feel. And she and I had a call, a strategy call, not too long after that. And I said, that story needs to be told. Like your, your rags to riches moment is incredible, but we can't relate to that. And, and basically the, the outcome of the story was that she had spent her childhood trying to hide, trying to be smaller, trying to be not noticed because it was safe. Mm-hmm. But her success came when she intentionally began to take up space in her life. And that lesson resonated with every single woman on that workshop call. And I told her, I was like, before you tell any other stories, I want you to dig into this one. You said there was a hush that came across the Absolutely. room. And you so is that a good it. way to tell that, that this is good? Because I think sometimes when we have that experience, we can think that, oh, did this not land well? Yeah. Like, that's what we're thinking. Like, that, that wasn't so great. But in reality, it could be that you really just hit it. Like, you hit the target. And I think there's a difference. I mean... This was a Zoom call, so it did help that we could see kind of people's expressions. You know, they were actually Mm -hmm. looking and engaged, so you could see the eye contact. They weren't looking at their phones. They weren't, you know, you could see the nods. You could see the moment that people sat up and and took notice. So body language is a big thing for me. I think, too, sometimes, like, the feeling that you get when you're telling a story is more important than the response that you get. If you get the chill bumps and and you are getting incredibly emotional and you feel it in your soul when you're sharing the story, if people aren't responding, it may not be that it's the wrong story. Maybe it's the wrong audience and that they're not ready to hear what you've shared. If, you know, again, my, my perspective is Christian. So I feel like if God's putting it in your heart and you know that, that it's led and that it, it needs to be shared and told, then I wouldn't let the responses of other people dictate, especially if you haven't dialed in your audience, you know, to make sure that they're the right people to tell. Because again, not everybody's ready for the stories the first time you tell them. But sometimes there is, you know, a lack of engagement, but it may not have anything to do with the story. It may have to do with the environment or the ecosystem that it was shared in. Would it be a good idea for you to test, I guess is the best word, your stories out on people who you're comfortable sharing them with and just to see their body language, to Help me make it clear. And my what I think about is when I record our epi- my episodes for the podcast, I always record on video on Zoom, and I do that because body language is so important to me. Right? You know, I I can't always verbalize my response, so it's good that my guests can see me nodding my head or you know really being in tune to what they're saying because I'm making eye, you know great eye contact with them, like you just mentioned. So 
is it a good idea to test your stories out on people who, one, that you can see, you know, it's not just you typing it into social media or whatever, and then having to wonder how did it land, right? You right. can you know, see someone's, you know, feedback and get someone's feedback directly from that. Is that something that you suggest? Absolutely. And here's what I have found to be true, even with, and I have a lot of people that are, that I work with that are in quote unquote, the boring industry. So a lot of finance and legal y'all are telling stories already, but you're doing it on your one-to-one calls. You're not doing it in your content, but whenever you're sitting in a one-to-one moment with someone and you're helping them through out of their financial mess, you know that there's a big old trust hurdle that you've got to jump. And the way that we naturally do that is through stories. You let them know I've been where you are, or I've seen someone that was where you were. And look at this is my, this is the success story. You're not doing it to create social proof. You're doing it to create trust. Nine times Mm -hmm. out of 10, you are already sharing the stories that other people need to hear. But we go and, and the Facebook little box pops up or the Facebook live producer thing pops up and I do it too. We automatically kind of straighten our jacket and sit up a little bit straighter and we go straight into the educational stuff because the vulnerable yeah. stuff happens naturally in one-to-one. It does not happen naturally one-to-many. So when you said that, you brought up something that I hadn't even one thought about and, and certainly didn't expect to um, to talk about while I was talking with you today. But when you talk about creating creating that trust in a one-on-one environment, what oftentimes, especially finance people and legal people too, are concerned with is breaking trust. Yes. Right? And so the difficulty that we have is trying to figure out which client's story can I tell mm-hmm. without breaking trust. Yes. The, the trust of that client. How do I share my successes or the wins that I've helped or the results that I've helped my clients, you know, gain? without breaking their trust. I have a great perspective on this because the years that I did spend in corporate America, I worked in healthcare for healthcare nonprofits. So we were bound by HIPAA. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, and we had to tell patient stories to get the funding that we needed. But of course, those, those privacy concerns are huge. The number one best way to circumvent this is to talk to the clients and say, hey, you've come so far. I would love to share your story with others. Are you okay with that? Get their permission. And if they're not comfortable with it, then find out, you know, we can always change details. I just had, again, a bookkeeper client. Um, One of her clients was like, I don't want anybody to know how bad my mess was. So she changed the gender of the story. Mm -hmm. She changed the name, changed the gender, changed a couple identifying details. And she tells the story. This is the other key piece. I'm trying to give it more of an overview and not get down to the details too much. But another really great way to do this is switch the perspective. So you can tell your story, like your experience walking through the transformation with the client, keep the focus on the transformation and not necessarily on the client details. Yeah, that's that's good. That's really really good. good. A lot of times just asking for their permission to share their story. If you have truly created an amazing transformation in their life and you share it from the perspective of, you know, there are other people who need, who need the hope that you have now, the success that you have now, I want to be able to reach them. The real good clients almost always say yes, because they want, they, they know where they've come from and they want other people to have what they have now. Exactly. They want, they want to be able to share their, that success with other people um, as well. So that's, that's great. I think that this has been absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Um, and I so appreciate everything that you share with us. And one of the things that we love to do here on the Spark Hustle Flow podcast is we love to play a rapid fire game so we can 
get to know the personal side of our guests. And so we play this little game. It's called, you know, your favorite, this or that. So is it okay if I ask you a few questions? For sure. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, here we go. Buckle up. (laughs) No, I promise it won't hurt. All right. So what's your favorite meal of the day? Dinner, because they don't want me mac and cheese for breakfast. Okay, awesome. Okay, awesome. And what's your favorite place to travel to? Well, I mean, right now I'm pretty much the living room, the kitchen, the backyard. Girl. (laughs) Really anywhere. If it's outside my house, I'm down to go. I'm ready. Tell me about it. I just looked at my gas tank the other day and realized I hadn't been anywhere outside of like a four mile radius in three weeks. My I put gas in my car three weeks ago and I still have a full tank of gas. So it's it's ridiculous. Um, but life. okay, so <laughs> what's your uh, favorite musical artist? I love music in general. And so it's, it's I, I can never just pick one. I mean, I will listen to old style gospel. Uh, we were talking about Floyd Kramer last night. Uh, <laughs> I was listening to Billie Eilish the other day. Like it's, it's, I just love music. I play piano. I sing. I, I love all kinds of music. Oh, wow. So you, you're a singer too, huh? I'm church kid. You have the ability. You had to use it. There were two things that we had to do growing up in the church. We all we had to be on the choir and we had to be on the usher board. Yeah, so that was our thing. Yep. That was our thing. What? And I didn't want to have to show up early to usher, so I learned how to play keys. So I, there you I didn't go. have to stand in the back all service. There you go. What's your favorite book to read, business or pleasure? Your your choice. Um, right now, I'm in the middle of The Lazy Genius by Kendra Achibo, and that is amazing. Highly recommend it. Uh, Finished by John Acuff is always my January book because I'm a recovering perfectionist. And my favorite copy book is Breakthrough Advertising. Warning, though, it's more like a textbook, but it's so good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll have to look up the um, the finished book because I'm also, I'm not so much recovering perfectionist. I am a perfectionist. So I'll have to, I'll have to look that one up for sure. I'm and then last, in Jesus name. <laughs> love it. Then last question, what's your favorite thing to do on an off day for you? Honestly, I, I feel like whenever I'm working, I'm so focused on the work stuff that I try to really spend a lot of intentional time with my kids. So we're, we'll be outside. We live in the South, so we, it's not quite as cold for us as some places um, be outside or, or watching you know, videos or playing games. And then if it's just my downtime, I am watching something with serial killers, true crime, that, that kind of. Love it. Love it. (laughs) I am right now, as we are recording this, I am rewatching Game of Thrones. That's like one of my favorite series. And so, um, yeah, that's my thing. That's what I'm doing right now. So this has been awesome. Thank you so much for playing along. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, but before we wrap up, before you run, I um I know that you have something that you wanted to share with our audience. Did you want to tell us about it? Yeah. So if you go to BrittanyHMorgan.com, I have a freebie there just at the very top of the page. So it's Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y-H as in Holt, Morgan. Um, couldn't get Brittany Morgan because there was too many of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, 1980s moms. Uh, we'll make sure uh, that we get that in the show notes too. For yeah, sure. there's there's a freebie there. Um, it is it talks about basically pulling out stories and then how you can repurpose the stories that you tell into multiple types of content. Um, you don't have to give me your email or anything for it. Just download it. If you are interested in in working more in that, there is a link within the freebie um, for a, like a, a multi-page workbook that dives even deeper into how you can take stories, repurpose them into multiple types of educational content, 
of engagement content. Um, as you know, we've both been through the Sarah Dan process. So if you're trying to, to work up to this, you know, several types of posts a day, you need a, a pretty good pretty good content wheel turning. So this helps you take your stories and, and gives you prompt questions to pull apart those moments of understanding, moments of realization into instructional story-based and engagement content for each of, each of your audience. I, I love it. And I know you mentioned that you have a free Facebook group. So how do we find that? And then how do, how do we connect with you online and other places too? Yeah. So, uh, Actually, on my website, BrittanyHMorgan.com at the top, it says uh, content that connects. That's my Facebook group. So um, I think the actual in the Facebook URL, it's content connects. But in content that connects, we talk about all things story. And we also go into copy and content strategy. So a lot of times we have the story, but it's sharing the story that's challenging. And we are um, starting to do uh, story audits and things like that for free in that group once a week. That is awesome. And um, how do we find you on Instagram? Are you on Instagram too? Or? I have a 19-year-old niece who was horrified that my Instagram only had three posts on it. <laughs> so as of this month, we are, <laughs> I'm trying to be much more active on, on Instagram. And that is at StorySelling with an S co. So StorySelling.co, StorySelling community is uh, the, the paid community that I've been building at, all about selling through your stories and creating the connection first, the relationship first and selling into that relationship. And don't worry, you guys, we're going to make sure that we get all of those URL links in the show notes. So you don't have to, uh, you know, go on an archeological dig to find them or anything like that. So just check the show notes and the links will be there for you too. So everything's linked through my main page. So the brittanyhmorgan.com, that's kind of the hub for all the things. Awesome. 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 Miss Brittany, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I've had a blast. Thank you so much. (laughs) I, you have really, really helped round out this launch series that we're doing on the podcast. And I am so glad that you agreed to come on and share your, your genius with us. This has been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, you guys, that's it for today. We'll see you on the next episode. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Spark Hustle Flow podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other money pros just like you find the show and learn too. And if you want to hear more from me, follow Spark Hustle Flow across all social media channels and subscribe to my newsletter at sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter to get regular updates on what's happening in my world, weekly business development tips, and personal lessons I'm learning that can help you too. Again, that's sparkhustleflow.com backslash newsletter. That's it for this week. Remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, and be profitable. See you next week.